Hello everyone, welcome back to That Little Podcast with Christina. Thanks for tuning in. So now here we are a few days after the firing and (laughs) I'm just chilling. The Friday of, I came home and immediately was like, hey friend, my friend Krista, what are we doing this weekend? We got wasted. Um... When I drink, I don't be drinking for taste. Well, some now I do. In my early days, I was just drinking to drink, drinking to get drunk. And one time, I went a little bit too cray and threw up on someone's pool table. So that ended that for me. I'm not a drinker, but I do drink occasionally. Um, so I got drunk with my friend Krista, and it was great. Next thing I came home, mowed my lawn. <laughs> Um, and then I went to the gym this morning just to get myself together because I've been, I, I got somewhere to go, you know, I don't, but hopefully one day I will. <laughs> and I get a phone call at the gym and I say hello. And he's like, it's this person is like, Hey, it's Michael, uh, Michael, my ex coworker from the leasing place I just got fired from. And he was like, Hey, Christina, um, I just want to say sorry about how things went. I just thought about it and, um, just wanted to say, like, I don't think that the way they handle things here is right at all. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, thanks. It is what it is. And he was like, um, if you're interested, like, I know of a place who's hiring. If you still want to be in the property management industry. Um, and if you ever do, you know, put in your application, just give me a call. And I'll tell the girl, uh, my friend there, and she'll, you know expedite your interview and stuff and I said oh my goodness thank you so much so yeah that made me feel a little bit better because I know I don't know I just felt extremely isolated so that made me feel a lot better um and now I'm just kind of chilling um at this point in the game I am very much ready to be like okay um where are the bachelors with money I don't even want to have kids, but I'll have this kid if you'll just support me. I'll do literally whatever you want me to do as long as I don't have to work another day in my life. I am very much over this. It's giving uh, poverty. No matter how you spin it, it's giving poverty. It's giving forced labor for little to no return. And here's the thing, right? I'm going to talk to my therapist about it. She was very much shocked when I told her I got fired. I was not um Mainly just because, like, I didn't really go into the story. If I would have gone into the story, she would have been like, okay, Christina, well, you should have done blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I was not trying to hear that because I know I should have done it. Like, whatever. It is what it is. But I have this new approach on life and, and like, or in jobs anyway, um, that I am not going to find fulfillment or I need to stop seeking fulfillment um, from my job. Like, it's never, I'm never going to find a job that I enjoy doing because I I don't enjoy working. I don't enjoy using my skills to get paid crickets. I don't enjoy that. It's not, for me, it's not my jam. It's never going to be for me. So now I'm just kind of like seeking enjoyment from within. Well, I'm trying. That's the goal. The goal is to just like seek fulfillment from within and like find activities that should cause you joy. Instead of, like, putting your all into work for some white man. That's what my alarm clock says. Whenever it goes off, it says working for the white man. And it's very much true. It is very much true. Behind every job, 
is a white man reaping the benefits of someone else's labor. So, yeah. Um, now that I know that that's a mind frame that I'm going to have to go in with, like, I'm very much just going to be like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm not here to make friends. If you, wanna, if you think I'm cool, that's cool. It is what it is. I'll do my part. I'll smile. I'll dance. I'll tap dance. Um, then I'm going to go home, and then, uh, I don't know, my only business that pays me. It's simply what I must do. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to grind it out. Because um, lots of things are about to change for me. Like, I have to move out of my family house. Um, but I cannot afford to do that because I don't have a job. And one job, I'm not going to cut it. So, my plan is um, I can either stay here and suffer. I can move with my sister and suffer mentally and emotionally because I don't want to live with her. It's not a good mix. I don't like she's not a lovely person. I'm just too much going on in her house, especially in the state in the in the mind frame that I'm in. Like I'll be moving in because like I, through no fault of my own, but kind of really, can cannot afford to live by myself. To me, it's a little bit of a failure, but also. Working literally makes me want to cry every day. It makes me want to have both my feet ran over every single morning by an 18-wheeler. It makes me want to bang my face into a mountain of gravel. (laughs) And to the point where you can see my skeletal remains. Like, that is how much I hate working. That is how bad of an experience I've had working in corporate America. I am over it. I'm tired of being exploited for my my talent and being underpaid. Like, I'm tired of the microaggressions. I'm tired of uh, being treated like shit. I'm tired of being talked down to. I'm tired of, like, new new job embarrassment. I'm tired of paying bills. I'm tired of walking outside and spending $100 for no reason. Like, I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. But again, I don't have a job. Job anxiety is very much, it should be its own field of study. Um, (laughs) When I got fired, I immediately came home and was just like binge applying to jobs, any job, cashier, retail, gas station attendant like crazy stuff i knew i was not gonna get but like worst they can say is no right i'm in that stage of it where it's kind of like crunch time like i'm getting a little bit desperate so all in all i've had i've scheduled a total of five interviews one of them being one's gonna happen tomorrow i've only done two and let me give you let me give you the rundown on those honestly i think the pitfall of the job market right now is that everybody's like trying to they are just trying to hire people in order to fill management positions it's very much giving pyramid scheme so i interviewed for um this car rental place um enterprise i was not selected the man who interviewed me was very much picture perfect white man scary blue eyes brunette he looks like he's had botox in his cheeks like his cheeks are rosy pink like he's very much excited about what he does even though he was not excited do you hear that that's the rain isn't it amazing anyway so i wasn't surprised that i was not going to get that but i had already like 
here's my thing too like whenever something new happens to walk into my life whether it's a man a friend um, an opportunity even before i even get it i'm already romanticizing it in my brain and playing out possible outcomes like i'm planning my life according to this thing also i had my nose piercing out in the beginning and i forgot to flip it up so midway through i kind of flipped it up while he wasn't looking but i don't know if it was recorded or not so maybe they saw that and they were like okay yeah no this girl was gross <laughs> he just went through like a rolodex of questions which was the application like I'm, i've already said yes to this in the application you have my application so why are you then why do you then ask me that verbally i don't get that but he was very much like oh do you have this are you able to do this blah blah, blah. like it was very much like he just needed to check off a list and then when they like ask you to ask them questions i didn't really have any questions for him um because i just kind of had this false this false sense of um not empowerment but just this false sense of security being like i know how to get jobs i get jobs all the time like i'm gonna get this job amazing why would you not hire me um so maybe i should have changed that mind frame but like if I don't have confidence in myself, who else is going to be confident in me? Like, who is confident in somebody who d- is not confident in themselves? You know what I mean? And I think where I messed up is that I mentioned that, like, he was like, are you working at the moment? And I was like, no. And then he didn't ask me why, but I just immediately went into, like, oh, yeah, the last place I left. Like, it was just a little bit of a mess. You know, the, the, the housing market is a little bit of a mess now. And it was too messy for me. So I just was like, you know, it's not a good fit for me. And I left. Um, but I could tell when he asked me, he was like, are you employed or now? And I said, no, I could tell he was a little bit thrown off by that. Um, so yeah, I guess if you're doing an interview and never mentioned to them that you're not working, you just always say yes and then fake it until you make it, I, I suppose. But yeah, so there was that interview. Then today I interviewed for a media planner job, which is a little bit more into what I want to do. Um, it's for this, um, advertising company. Um, and when I was talking to the lady, she was very much like in good spirits. She was like swearing. So there is a very laid back environment. Um, but advertising is kind of like a monster. Um, and I'm very scared to get into the industry, but I feel like as long if once I get in, like I'm going to soar cause I'm so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm really good at it and I kind of have an interest in it. So, but she was very much like, yes, yeah, it's, it's an amazing place to work. I've been working here for 25 years. Like we all support each other well, whenever they say that i always get a little bit like like you're a family mm, okay but yeah she was like well i think you're great um so the next step is going to be and i was like oh my god thank you like she was she made me laugh a lot it was it was it was chill um she's like yeah they're gonna send you this little thing that you have to do they're not looking for accuracy but obviously they are looking for accuracy um so i'm just waiting for that email that was pretty chill um but afterwards and even before i was kind of very much just sad like let me tell you how my day started and then we'll you'll know why so my birthday is in two days and i plan to do something by myself because i like to do stuff by myself i'm trying to romanticize my life and part of that is being comfortable being alone i love being alone i kind of am not a people person i kind of hate people um which is very difficult for me sometimes when I crave friendship or relationship and I hate interacting with people I don't know how the creators that be really fucked me up on that one but here I am oh you know what here's what happens when I got my taxes back I was like yes I'm gonna plan a birthday trip it's gonna be great 
but I could not I kept getting overwhelmed by the fact that all the possibilities like I was like oh I'm gonna go to the beach it's gonna be super cute at the beach like I just love being in tropical weather but like what I'm gonna do at the beach all all alone by myself for like two days because I don't even like being at the beach I just like being near the beach does that make sense so yeah whenever my birthday comes around I kind of like talk myself out of a good time that seems to happen with sex too but maybe it's just that men suck and I'm superior <laughs> so yeah I'm kind of talking myself out of this whole thing now which, which makes me sad and I know that if I don't do something I'm gonna regret it but the way that I'm feeling right now and it's only Tuesday um, but that's kind of how my emotions manifest like if I have a bad day in the beginning of the week I'm gonna have a, re- a bad rest of the week and for me, like, it's very, it's very easy to be like, okay, you can, you're very much in control of your emotions. You can choose to let this anger build up in you. I get that. But also sometimes for me, it feels like, um, I don't have a choice in the matter. Like sometimes the emotions really do just be, they grab me by the neck. They pin me up against the wall and they make me be their puppet. Like that's kind of, that's kind of the way that things go in this brain of mine especially right now so yeah I got a little bit of the birthday blues and it's not fun it's just not it's very frustrating and it's very much ridiculous of me to believe that um being in love and being in a relationship is going to fix those issues but I kind of feel like it would make it easier just a little bit it would make it just a little bit more easier so yeah that's a little bit of an update on my life what else am I missing Oh, yeah, I got my toes done. Oh, this really pissed me off, too, bitch. I went to get my toes done because I talked to my sister, and she was like, um, my toes just look so ugly. Like, I need to get them done. I was like, yeah, me too, and I could do them at my house, but, like, it's just so much better to pay somebody else to do it. So I went to get my nails done at this place that I went to, like, a few years ago. It's just, like, in, in my town. I didn't want to do anything fancy. Like, I'm balling on a very tight budget because there's no money coming in. It's only money going out. I went to this place and said I'm not going to spend more than $35 on a manicure. I got the $45 one because um, the lady opened the book and she was like, she pointed to two of them and she was like, those are really good. And I was like, ah. um, and then I ended up choosing one of the ones that she picked. I, I just be getting conned. You know, I like paying people for their time. But in this instance, it was a disaster. They did not use like clean products at all. Um, but who am I to complain somebody's doing my nasty ass feet who am I going to complain um, and it was a cute color um, and she was like it's going to be $65 I said I thought it was 45 she was like it's $20 for the gel polish so yeah I paid $65 for a pedicure and they didn't even do a good job um, like he could have fucking told me the gel polish cost more and I wouldn't have chosen a gel polish but it's not like they had a plethora of like cute regular polishes so that's where they get you and I should have known since there was nobody in there. Granted, it was two thirty. That's suspicious because like everybody's out to the nail salon, not this one. So yeah, I'm not gonna be going to that one again. Learn my lesson. And like before I even went, I was like, I hope that lady's not there because every time she, this old lady, because every time she does my feet, like the last time she did my feet, she would like look at me as if like, oh my god, are you impressed? Like this is so impressive. Like actually, in your leg, does that feel nice? Like just do my fucking toes. This is not an interactive experience. I'm just trying to do something cute for myself. And I didn't even get any design. Like, I guess I'll update you if I 
follow through with the rest of my birthday extravaganza. So anyway, that's not what I want to talk about today. I wanted to talk about um, the other day, last Friday, I had my last therapy session with a therapist for a little bit, Miss Mary Williams, love her. Um, and so I was talking to her about, um, you know, being fired or whatever and what my plan was. She was kind of being like, do you see the cycle that you are putting yourself in? And I was like, no. So she was basically just saying how, like, and we never really got into trauma, like my childhood trauma, which I was trying to steer the conversation to that because I know that my childhood trauma has a lot to do with the way that I interact in the world. And she was kind of just like, you're in this cycle um, where even before you start a new job or a new experience, you're already in the mind frame of like, oh, I don't want to do this. I really hate this, blah, blah, blah. Like, I grumpy, grumpy, grumpy pants. Um, and you can go into it with those, you know, clear mind. What is that phrase? clear hearts clear minds open hearts clear minds clear minds open hearts never lose what is it what's that show with um that man from bloodline who died in who died in Grey's anatomy with the bomb episode not patrick something with the c like his name has a c in it <laughs> she was like you'll start her job and then you'll start to find things to complain about First of all, I don't like the way she said that. Um, but she was saying, like, you go to these jobs, you find things to complain about. Um, then it festers and festers and festers. And then eventually you kind of just, like, blow up and, like, you can't take it anymore. And you kind of go into this rabbit hole of negativity until it all blows up in smoke and flames. Like, case in point, this fucking job. I was only there a little bit over a month and some change. And it are like I already like reached the point of no return with those people. Um, so she was saying like, I you come to your sessions, you never miss a session. You're doing the work. You're responsive. You you engage. Um, at this point, the only thing that you've not really tried um is being evaluated, like a mental health evaluation. And I was she was like, what are you doing? Like, what do you do to to thwart negative thoughts? And I was like, well. The one thing that I do now is I kind of ignore it and that's not been working. Um, so now I'm kind of like, I do, like every week I consciously make the decision to be like, okay, I'm going to be positive and, you know, do affirmations and you know what, maybe I'll pray a little bit and I'm going to read in the morning and I'm going to make myself breakfast in the morning. I'm going to, you know, use my gua sha for, um, my face routine and like I'm gonna take like a a really great bath or like I'm gonna make myself a really great meal and no matter how much effort I put into it I'm still falling off track and back in this cycle that in my opinion is getting a lot more devastating the harder I try to be docile in corporate America I was telling her like I kind of always go back to that negative space no matter how hard that I try. And she was like, well, yeah, it makes sense because you've not fully healed from um, your childhood. Like, you need to soothe your inner child or whatever. And, like, here's my thing. I don't care. Not, I don't want, no, no, no. I care. But... So my therapist is like, 
it's not you that's speaking it's like your unhealed self that is like doing the action so you need to identify that person and like figure out why she's acting the way she's acting and then so yeah the younger child like every time she mentions younger child i kind of roll my eyes because like what am i supposed to do about that because i didn't do all that shit to myself you know what i mean i don't feel like that should be my burden to bear if that's all life is is healing from past trauma like i it's not just like your little kid self it's your teenage self and if I'm being honest, I'm scared of my teenage self because everybody else was scared of me when I was a teen. Like, I was a bitch. I do not want to meet that girl on the battlefield. Teenage Christina? Like, you think I'm ruthless now, teenage Christina? No, I think teenage Christina was very, very much emotional. And, like, I was very, I was trying not to be emotional. Um, so it, w- it was giving cold. It was giving very much still. It was giving like, why are you talking to me? It was giving very much like, I don't want to have friends. It was giving very much, I don't want to be in a relationship. It was giving very much like, stay away from me so that I didn't have to process human emotion. Christina now, like, I feel like I'm the most emotional person in the world. Um, but also like, I'm still, I still have that, ver- that I still have angsty Christina from teenage years in me. And like, she's about to ruin my life. She's really about to run my life. I don't know. She was kind of just saying, like, you go, your body is wired to rely on those, like, patterns, right? Like, so when shit was, like, difficult growing up, I very much just, like, isolated myself and just dealt with it. And I do see that. I still still do that. Like, I get it. At the end of the day, I'm still in the driver's seat. I'm still the person that's, like, running the ship. I still feel guilt for things that I've done and I still feel I still feel that misplaced guilt for things that I've not done but I've just convinced myself it's my fault so basically what kind of got from that is that like I'm gonna have to fight for my whole life until I'm able to go in to get evaluated to see if like different medications can help because I've I've tried I've exhausted all resources and no matter how many like one step at a time it gets better shit like it's not also that gets better stuff it's for kids of course life is gonna get better for middle school because everybody is in puberty and it's hectic and crazy but you have you have you still have time you're not expected to figure it out you know when you're that little you have time whereas now in my experience as a black woman i guess and i guess there's just more pressure put on black women because black women are the backbone of everything like we have to have it figured out all the time like no exceptions we need to be perfect in my eyes like all this added pressure from society and like personal relationships and all that shit like it's a lot harder to see the light at the end of the tunnel let me just talk about like my mental health battle i i i i'll say there's three specific events four that kind of were very big in my mental health journey. So one, when I got my own room. <laughs> when you have your own room, you have so much more freedom to like be. I don't know. I always felt like when I was around my family, I had to be like on. Like I had to be the perfect daughter. I had to like look perfect and like be perfect and like not make the wrong move and like you know very much be like the amazing like child that was very much seen and not heard. And that still, I still see that now. Like I 
put a lot of pressure on myself to be perfect so that um, other people can't like impenetrate this impenetrable force that is like me um so when I got my own room I very much I, don't, I wouldn't say I went crazy but emotionally like I was battling so many demons um so that room I that room it kind of just um symbolizes like putting up this fortress around myself to like keep people out like and I that kind of comes up too in my life now like even with my friendships like I kind of there's something in me that will not allow me to get past like a certain point with my friendships like right now I don't feel like and no offense to my friends you're all lovely it's nothing to do with you it's everything to do with me if I'm in a crisis I, I, I would not call any of my friends I don't think that's the kind of friendship that um I've allowed to manifest um through no fault of anybody else but my own like it is just something in me like I very much hate being vulnerable. I mean, friendships call for a certain level of vulnerability. Like, I think I'm doing better now, like, just opening up and, like, being more open. But it's very much, like, through a third party. Like, even with my friends now, like, they they know everything that's going on with me because they're all my close friends. And, like, I'm kind of, like, like, they would never come to me and ask directly, I don't think. I don't think they would be full comfortable with that because I'm not, I'm not giving them that impression to be, like, let me check in on Christina and see if she needs a new attitude to hold her hand. Like, that's just not me. Like, I'm not. The craziest thing that I think about, like, my childhood trauma, like, where it stems from is that, like, um, me and all my siblings have different dads. Um, but we don't treat each other like half-siblings. Like, you're very much my sibling. We grew up together. Like, you're my fucking sister. What are you talking about, half-sibling? You're my sister. You're my broski. Like, what do you mean? Um, my my dad was, like, the last, the last, last, last of us. Um... So my mom decided to, like, marry this man and move him in and, like, make him, like, all of our fathers, basically. Um, and he was very abusive. Like, I don't know what's wrong with this man. Like, I guess it just, no, I'm not going to say that. But, like, he was very abusive to her and my my um, second oldest sister. And I arbored a lot of guilt for that um, because I kind of just felt like if I was not born or if my mother had chosen to abort me and I would not have blamed her for this then she would not have had to deal with this nor my sister um but also I like that was very much her decision to to engage this man and it gets a little bit tricky with domestic violence but um that was her choice it wasn't a choice I could have made and this is also why I don't want to have kids I just don't think it's fair to bring a child into this world selfishly and make them pay pay to live to be alive like I did not consent to that and again if the choice is mine I'll be aborted like right now if I could abort myself right now bye girl I would not stick it out you're kidding me for what um so yeah that's the one thing that really haunts me to this day like just knowing that I come from someone so violent and so twisted and demented and like knowing that because of me my mom like and, and my sister my whole family really endured like this this kind of trauma like it really fucks me up to this day like there I can like their words cannot like, describe like how guilty I feel for being the products of this man like like even yesterday he like sent me a birthday card and I like I think he knows like I'm just kind of done with him because 
are you kidding? Like, the last time I talked to him, um, he was yelling at me in Target because I was going to school, and my sister was taking me around to buy school supplies, and, like, I'd kind of, like, mouth off at my mom. Shouldn't have done it, but it was valid. Um, and she, like, ran to him. First of all, here's my thing. If you're a parent and the other parent is, like, absent and, like, you're trying to bring them back into the your kid's life, that parent, why would you then go to that parent to have them help you parent? Because, like, what are you going to do? What reinforcement are you bringing into the family that's going to make me, A, respect you enough to change my behavior? I've seen the type of person you are throughout my entire life. Why would I decide to change it up for on account of you? Because you told me to? Like, no. He was like, if you needed money, you could have just asked. Look, the thing was, mom was asking me, like, um, something about, like, what I needed for school. And I was like, why do you care? You're not going to help me get it. Because, like, at the time, I was working and I was paying for everything. You know, I was buying all my my own stuff for college. So she, like, I guess she did feel bad for not being able to do that with me. Like, you know, go to college and, like, not go to college, but, like, shop for college. But she had to work. So I get it whatever so she told him that and he was like oh if you need to help you could have just come to me and like I'm like okay I get it I, I, I love that you want me to come to you for help but you're literally on the phone with me in Target yelling at me so then he got on the phone with my sister to whom he notoriously abused and he was yelling at her and I said you know that's it like I so I'd already put her through having to like be around him at my graduation because he bought my graduation package so I kind of felt obligated to invite him and I know that that was very traumatic for her and I felt bad but like again now you're doing this again and I kind of just feel like I cannot keep doing this to her like for real I need to be I need to rid myself of you and that day I was like I'm not gonna do it anymore like we're done I'm not talked to him since the other event that kind of like um told me that something was off in me was one time I can't remember this is probably like first the first time of like multiple times this happened to me where I would just, like, going, I would be mute at home. Like, I wouldn't want to talk to anybody. Like, even if people ask me questions, you had to ask me yes or no questions so that I didn't have to talk because talking, even asking me how my day was, like, it just, it required an amount of energy. Like, I would go to school all day, then come home and just, like, be mute. Like, I could not, I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't know. I don't know why, but that was, I was like, that's kind of weird. Like, why am I doing that? Like, it's so easy for me at school, but when I come home, I do not want to engage at all. That happened to me a lot, like, even throughout high school, my friends can attest, like, there were times where I, like, would just, like, completely shut down, like, just be exhausted of, like, trying to, like, trying to build this persona of me, which was not me, and I just couldn't do it a lot of times where I shut down, like, a lot and just, like, not talk to them for, like, months, I think. We're all, we're all in the same class, so we couldn't, like, get away from each other, so I think it kind of hurt them more, and I feel bad, but, like, it is what it is. And then there was this time where... I went to the app state for my first year and then I dropped out because it was just not, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. I was depressed. I hated both my roommates. Um, I like lost a friend during my depression because I stopped talking to her because um, I think there's an interaction and I kind of like got mad at her for the way that she talked to me. Like I never said anything, but then I was kind of just like, okay, I kind of don't want to deal with that. And also I didn't like, like um, conflict. So I was kind of just like, okay, bet. So I dropped out. I didn't tell anybody. I was just trying to, like, figure it out. Um, But I didn't have a car, so my mom was still driving me back and forth from work. And at the time, I was thinking about, like, what I was going to do. Like, this is very much, like, where anxiety kind of almost killed me, it felt like. 
um, I was going to work and I was working at LabCorp in this fucking cubicle of death. Um, I thought that all of my coworkers hated me um, and therefore I hated them. It was very difficult to get transportation to it from work. Like, cause everybody's working. Like, I just felt like a burden. And I was kind of just thinking, like, I don't have a backup plan. If I don't go to school, then I cannot make anything of myself. My family cannot provide for me if I do not go to school. Um, and I, you know, don't get a good job. Like, I have to make it. So I was really stressing myself out about that. I'd applied to go to UNCG, and I, w- I didn't know if I was going to be able to go or not because, like, I couldn't afford to live on campus. And I don't even have a car to get to and from school, so how was I even going to work? But I remember that summer, like, I lived very much in my head. All I did was think about a way out, and my brain would not stop moving. Um, But back to the other thing about UNCG, like, I couldn't go to UNCG, and I got a car last minute. um, And so I ended up going to community college. And, like, nothing wrong with community college. I kind of wish that I... I wish that I went there initially because I would have I would have so much more money now um but I kind of felt like I had to had to prove to others I was worth something so everybody always thought oh Christina she's going she's going places or that's at least what I heard from my teachers so I kind of felt like I was disappointing them but community college is like community college is literally the best thing you can ever do like do dual dual enrollment like do whatever you got to do make sure you get that community college back um, so I kind of felt like defeated. I was living at home again. I hated living with my mom. She just, she just doesn't, she didn't make the good choices. That's all I'll say. She didn't make very good choices when we were growing up. And, you know, our parents are humans. Um, despite being a parent, you're also a person. And if you know anything about living, you, you know that you never get it together. And so I guess she just, she, I don't know, she can never get it together. And so I would have to deal with like, you know, her friends and her smoking all the time and just like being like, I don't have much control over my situation, so I kind of just resent that, and I'm going to take it on everybody. And then I think um, the one thing that, like, really solidified it for me was this next event. I got into K-pop, right? And K-pop is very much its own little cult. Like, call it what you want. K-pop is so fun. I loved my time, you know, really being, like, a dedicated, like, fan. Um, I had a fan account on Twitter. Like, it was very fun. I I loved it. Um, It helped me through a lot of dark times, but... Um, there's one singer, his name was Jong Yun from um, Shiny. I love Shiny. Um, he committed suicide and he had like a battle with depression. And like that was very much devastated, but I was not so much of the fact that I like lost my one of my idols, but like it was the first time like I kind of witnessed depression kind of consume someone so much. Um, and I just remember being so sad. Um, knowing that, that if I didn't like get my life together, that I was going to be him, but also knowing like there were so many people who looked up to him, like as an idol, like he had the money, he had the fame, he had the recognition, he had like everything, he had the career and still he felt like he wasn't enough. And I was like, if he, Jonghyun, like of Shiny, one of the biggest K-pop groups in the history known to man, like does not feel like he is enough like and this depression is still like eating him alive there's no hope for me no hope at all so that kind of like rattled me a little bit um I think the last time that my mental health crisis got really terrible was when towards like the pre-end of my relationship I got really bad um just because we were arguing a lot we gotten into this argument and he had been like (laughs) You're so, um, 
you're so sad all the time. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, of course I am. I have a crazy life. Like, you have obviously witnessed that. Um, but it was really, like, taking a toll on their relationship because he was always, like, sometimes men, uh, they don't understand. Like, I'm telling you what's wrong with me. We don't need to have a, we don't need to solve the problem right now. I just need a vent and we need to talk shit right now. And then I know how to figure it out. I know how to figure it out already. I just need to vent right now. And so then I went to therapy while I was in the relation. And she, home, home girl kind of knew that it was doomed. It was doomed. Because I, looking back, I can, I can see the way that she was, you know, talking to me about certain things. But I was like, shut the fuck up. It's wonderful. It's amazing. We get to cuddle all day. I get to support him at soccer games. We get to grill. And we just get to eat food all the time. And, like, do dirty things. It's great. Even though it wasn't that great. And then when, like, he initially, like, broke up with me, I kind of just felt like my world was, like, rocked to pieces. Um, And, like, having to heal from, like, a breakup. Like, I kind of felt like it was my fault. Like, there was things that I didn't do or could have done better to change the outcome. So, in my mind, I'm, like, you know, thinking up different ways to avoid it. But, like, in reality, it's not working. Like, I'm still broken up with. Like, we're still not together. Like that's insane so yeah that kind of like brought me on the brink and then this, this last time was like what this job crisis like so I'm not new to this I'm true to this like I kind of feel like um I kind of exist in this depressive state and it's uh, I wouldn't say it's easy to navigate like when I was in school it was really bad because the anxiety mixed with the depression like the one-two punch combo of like all of that stress and anxiety and depression like it was it was mad like I was driving myself literally insane like I remember one time when I turned 21 of all birthdays I was crying writing a 15 page paper like that's just really how bad it was so when I got on my antidepressants like it was better right it got it got a lot better so it works I don't know if it's like the best that it could be um, because I still very much find myself in those, those pits and those lows. And it's not even like, I'm depressed all the time. I'm sad all the time. It's kind of like, I self-sabotage myself a lot. And I see that coming to light when it comes to these jobs. Like I, I just kind of get resentful, but also guilty. And like, since I'm not working in my chosen career field, I, I feel unaccomplished like I just it just it's it's a like it's a terrifying cycle and once I start to tip into it like it's very it happens very quickly like it just consumes me all of a sudden like that's the most heart-wrenching thing about depression and anxiety is just that like no matter how good you're doing on paper like in your head it's just a battlefield that you have to navigate every single day and like Well, I do commend myself for handling it this well. I do recognize that this is not sustainable for me. My therapist is like, um, until you're able to get evaluated and get to like the root cause of, you know, what's going on and get like proper medication 
you really do need to try like fight for your entire life she's like you have to do the positive affirmations you have to speak intention into yourself and into your life like you have to believe in yourself and like do whatever i have to do to get myself on board because that <laughs> like what I, there's nothing else I can do there's nothing else I can do except for that like I'm just so exhausted <laughs> I'm exhausted of working on myself so my new mentality in life is fuck we ball I don't know how it's gonna happen I don't know when it's gonna happen but I know that it's gonna happen I know that I'm gonna be fine there's only so much that I can do and that's why I understand the appeal of a religion now because like no fucking way I can do all this I can do all this on my own and like not have somebody looking out for me like I don't know what it is I don't know who it is I don't know what corporation they're with but please help a girl out because this is the last time I'm about to do this this is the last time I'm gonna do this the last time I'm gonna do this right this little mental reset it's the last time I ain't doing it no more I don't have another one in me I don't have another talking phase in me. I don't have another mental reset in me. I don't have another job transfer in me. I don't got it. So this time it has to work. Whoever is in my brain operating the ship. No more icebergs. No more um, turbulent waters. I'm telling you right now, this is it. This is your last chance to get together. If not, I'm about to be out here selling my pussy again. And we can talk about that as well. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have for you today. <laughs> that's all I have for you today. Um, next week's episode, I think I'm going to switch gears a little bit just to try out something different. And then you tell me how you like it. If you don't like it, like, I don't know. This is very much a collaborative thing, but it's also my thing. So, no, I'm kidding. I hope you guys have um, an amazing week. I hope that you um, identify the person inside of you who was telling you that you ain't going to be shit. You ain't going to be shit because guess what, babe, you are. Yeah, okay. Bye. <laughs>